What is up, you guys? Welcome to the very first episode of our brand new podcast. We're so excited to be here with you and finally recording something that real people are going to hear. It's going to be a fun time. We are your hosts. My name is Christy. And hey, guys, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Fingers crossed. That is our name. That is what we are doing here today. We are crossing fingers and hoping for the best. Truly. We are making a podcast kind of on the theme of hoping for the best and preparing for the worst in your 20s. So that's where the name fingers crossed kind of comes from. It's just like a whole sentiment of we don't know what the hell is going on. We're faking it till we make it, but our fingers are crossed along the way. So it ends with optimism, and that's important. There's confusion and chaos, but most importantly, optimism. We have been talking about making a podcast for months. I feel like that's kind of the story of everyone who makes a podcast. They're always thinking about it, and they're always like, oh, maybe I should. And I literally was texting Sierra every other month for the past year, like, Hey, so about this podcast, do you want to do a podcast? And then we would come and I'd up be with like, yeah, two yeah, ideas. yeah, that's a, that sounds great. Like, yeah. uh-huh, like I'll check out these podcast links you sent me. Yeah, we'll get on that. And then just radio silence for the next two months. And then we'd repeat the cycle. It was a great cycle. But then the cycle was broken by, we both are pretty busy. We do other things. We do social media, but also we're pursuing other careers where you both had jobs. We both were juggling multiple things on our plates. And so it was always kind of like a pipe dream. But finally, our dear friend, the coronavirus came around and gave us all of this free time that, you know what, we had no other excuse I went from having three jobs to having no jobs. And so here now we are. I really have all the time in the world to pursue our pipe dream and make this podcast. So basically, we're just going to be talking about all of the things that are thrown at you in your 20s and the things you go through and experiences that you might not have had any idea were going to be thrown at you and challenges that we're all faced with that we just wanted to sit down and tell our stories about things that we've done, things that we've learned things that we really kind of messed up that we wish we could go back and change, but we can all learn from our mistakes together. Absolutely. And we can laugh at some of them. We can learn from some of them, maybe have some advice about future things, and maybe just look back and go, huh. Cringe. Awkward (laughs) Or never speak of them again. Exactly. So Sierra and I are best friends. We lived together in college for two years, and then we moved, well, I moved across the country. We went to school in California, and then I moved to D.C., and I went to grad school, and now I live in New York City, and Sierra stayed behind in the great city of Los Angeles. I uh, didn't go quite as far as Christy. I moved (laughs) up to L.A., which is about an hour north from where we went to school in Orange County, Um, California, and I am pursuing my acting career, which is kind of on hold at the moment because of everything that's going on, but I've been working at Disney and working at Universal Studios, and I've worked at a restaurant, and it's just kind of been all over the place. So Sierra wears many hats. (laughs) So does Christy, you know, but we thought such a fun way to bridge that gap between us would be to make a podcast and to... uh, Yeah. We were always doing, since I do YouTube, Sierra does YouTube, we were doing vlogs together. And when we lived together, we would film together all the time. I just said together five times. But we would get (laughs) comments that were like, oh my god, I love you guys together. You should have a show. I could listen to you all day. I'm kind of exaggerating at this point, but I'm sure my mom said those things. Sierra and Christy are the greatest people in the entire world. Yeah, listen to everything they say. (laughs) Christy is beautiful. Thanks. Now you're just lying. Anyway, so we were like, you know, it would be fun to do something together. And even though we can't vlog together all the time, since we live far apart, we can make a podcast together. Right now we're on FaceTime and just recording and putting it together. And we can still bridge that gap and do something that's fun, that we can share our stories. It's an excuse for us to spend at least an hour every week hanging out virtually and talking about the things we're going through. And then we get to share it with the rest of the world. And I just think that that's such a win-win scenario. So. And that's what we want this to be. It's just a fun conversation between friends that you guys are a part of too. Like it's not just going to be 
us blabbing about, I don't know, like boring shit in our personal lives necessarily, but we want to share stories about things that can actually help you too and share your stories. We want to make it interactive. So how Christy and I met is kind of funny because we weren't really friends when we started living together. I got a house with my friend Marissa who we were moving out of the college apartments and we wanted to rent a house off campus together and we got a hold of a four bedroom house and there was just the two of us so we had to find two other roommates and quickly in order to be able to secure the house. The standards were low and that is how I got my spot. I was in the same sorority as Marissa and she posted on our Facebook page, we are looking for anyone and everyone, no standards at all to fill this room. If you are a horrible human being, please apply. And I was like, perfect, sign me up. So I was like, well, I knew Marissa, we were friends. So I texted her and I was like, yo, I desperately need a place to live. Your desperation and my desperation, perfect. Let's live together. And then Marissa texted me and she's like, hey, there's this girl, Christy, who wants the, the big room in the house. Is that okay with you? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Didn't really need any other details other than that. So <laughs> Christy moved in and we were just kind of acquaintances. We were friendly with each other, but we weren't like close. And then one random day, Christy was starting Vlogmas. And so she was like, hey, you want to be in this vlog? And we were all together. And we ended up hanging out on her bed for like four hours and talking and goofing around and playing Heads Up by Ellen and just having a blast. After that hangout, I felt like we just bonded so quickly and we realized that like maybe our first impressions of each other weren't like the best and maybe we would be compatible to be amazing friends. And then I was really bummed because that happened pretty much three weeks before Christy left for a semester at sea and she was going to be abroad for a whole like semester and a half. And I was just so sad because I was like, oh my gosh, I just met the most amazing friend who's so fun. And like, I feel like because we weren't friends for so long before she left, she's not gonna, she's gonna forget all about me. I think it's funny because looking back, we both, it's not that we had bad first impressions of each other. It was just so neutral. Like both of us were like, okay, yeah, we're, we live together. We didn't really think we had anything in common. So we didn't really make an effort to be friends. We just accepted it as like this, you know, neutral roommate situation. And then it was literally months in where we actually got you know, the chance to know each other more and took time other than our own lives and our own schedules to sit down and think like, wow, there was like a best friend right here this whole time and we were just too busy. Yeah, like it's it's funny how first impressions really do mislead you sometimes. And now we're best friends and now... We have a podcast. One of those friendships is kind of going to transcend time and space and the laws of physics so that we can be friends forever. (laughs) After we graduated, I moved to DC, like I said, to go to grad school and that's when we were like, okay, here we go. Long distance friendship. It was so sad. I remember the day I left, we, you drove me to LAX and we were both just like bawling in denial. We were just crying. We couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And ever since then, we both have been, we've flown back and forth. Sierra came and visited me in New York and I've come to California a couple of times. We went to Mexico together last year, just a bunch of stuff. And we've really made an effort to maintain our friendship as much as we can. And we still annoy each other to this day and you can't get rid of me. Something that we want to talk about and focus on in this podcast is just the realities and the things that you really didn't expect going into your 20s and just trying to figure out life and what the hell is going on. And we both, you might see on social media all the highlights and the accomplishments and the fun stuff, but you don't see the behind the scenes of the weird things that have happened to us and things that we've stumbled through along the way. So we are both 25 and, you know, we have that first half of our 20s under our belt. We, we feel somewhat qualified to give advice that we're probably not qualified for at all, but we also have five more years to go where we're still trying to figure it out along with all of y'all. So we wanted to start it off giving a preview of what this whole podcast is going to be about, just giving some instances 
of things that we would have told ourselves at 16 that you would have never expected we would come across in our 20s. So my mom, when she was 25, she had finished college. She had just married my dad. They had a beautiful little ceremony in, you know, rural Oregon. On top of a hot tub. (laughs) On top of a hot tub, but it was beautiful. They got married. They had bought or they bought her renting their first house together my mom had a job where she was she had just worked at a publishing company in new york and she had been there for a few years and then they moved to oregon to settle down she got pregnant with my brother and this was all like in the time that she was you know 23 to 25 and then there's me i had three random jobs unemployed for a global pandemic and i'm covered in gray hair And I just got my first, yesterday, I literally went to the salon and got my hair dyed for the first time in my life, not because I was so desperate to change the color and go blonde, go red, but because I had so much gray hair, I was rivaling Princess Anna with that streak of gray going down your head, and I was feeling like, what the heck, like, I got my first gray hair when I was 15, and now all of a sudden, I'm like, going so gray, and I'm 25, and I'm just like, this is not fair. Like, what? <laughs> this is not how I pictured the independence Definitely of my 20s. Definitely <laughs> not what I expected. I'm not saying I want to have kids now or I want to necessarily be on that same path. But when I pictured my 20s when I was 16, it was very much that. It was settling down, mm-hmm. getting married, having kids, getting into that nine to five routine and our lives. And having a linear path. Yes, our lives are. The path is anything but. <laughs> anything but linear. My path looked like a roller coaster when someone spilled their soda and it just like. That's, that's a stupid ass upside analogy. down i just meant like the path that like a spilled soda on a roller coaster would take when it like sort of just flies through the air i don't i could not have come up with a worse analogy <laughs> that was so stupid this is not the brain of someone that should be having children right now oh my god anyway so definitely not what i expected you know what i didn't expect when i was 16 that would happen in my mid-20s is picking up guys in uber pools <laughs> sound like a hustler that like sits in ubers and literally just waits on men. for cute guys to oh get my in the God. uber pool okay no that's such a new york thing i mean i feel like uber this was in dc actually but, though oh it was dc this okay. is not a multiple time thing this is actually not a practice that i uh-huh <laughs> do i'll believe times. it when i see it um it was one time i was in an uber pool in dc and the guy who picked me up he picked me up first and he was driving this old converted cop car and then we stop and pick up this guy and he gets in and the first thing he says is good evening officer <laughs> and i was like i think i'll get along with him and we literally just started talking about who knows what like we literally told our life stories in that car and i really don't know where it came from we passed my work when i was working at the state department and i was interning and i was like oh there's my office or something which i wouldn't say out of nowhere so it must have been prompted by something i don't know but he was like oh you work in cso which was the bureau i was in And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, do you know this guy? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, he tried to get me to come work there. And I was like, how do you know him? And he just goes, "Um, working in development in D.C. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's literally the culture of all people in Washington, D.C. But anyway, so he keeps talking and he's like, where are you going right now? And I was like, well, I'm meeting some friends. We have tickets to something. We were going to some event. And he was like, you should come to my friend's bar that just opened. And I was like, okay, I guess. And I didn't think I was actually going to go. And he's like, no, really. And then he got dropped off and he's like, you got to come. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I went to the thing with my friends and I was like, you guys, we have to go to this bar. And they're like, why? And I was like, well, I I just met a guy in an Uber pool. So we're going to go. And then we went. That's so cute. I love it. And then we went to his friend's bar and I come in and he goes, 
hey, it's my Uber girl. <laughs> and we just hung out the whole time. Nothing really came from it because he was moving to Italy the next month for work. But oh, man, I hate it when that happens. I know. He works for a UN agency. And so he actually came to New York when I was there working at UNICEF. And yeah, so who knew? When I was 16, you know, you kind of just have this idea that you meet a nice guy in college and then you live together happily ever after. And you don't know all of the weird things that are coming with dating apps and with random ass guys in Uber pools and with the real ways that you meet people in the wild. And it's just truly an experience. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely have to find new and interesting ways to meet friends and guys and whatever because yeah i'm not a big fan of dating apps i find them shallow and frustrating and it's really easy to just get misled and it's i don't know i'm not a big fan of it so i think you have to definitely look for interesting ways to meet people in the wild as you say christy like so yeah unfortunately all of your dating strategies involving uber pools might have to be on hold due to the coronavirus at this time but now you have a strategy moving forward and you know what if you can get to meet someone in a face mask then they like you even more for who you are because they can't even see your face, so. Exactly. It's like love is blind, but love is masked. That's probably the most disappointing thing to go back and tell my 16-year-old self is the emergence of dating apps in our culture. Don't you think? Yeah, and they've just become so commonplace that I feel like meeting, when you tell someone that you've met in the wild, it's like surprising. Like people are like, oh, you, like, how'd what? you meet? People do you met that? in person? <laughs> like, oh, and everyone's like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, I want to meet someone in, in real life. And I want to become like, I'm like, am I in some weird dystopian novel? Like where we're all like, like Wally with the screens in front of us. Actually, and, like, yes. seeing, yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy. So on that subject of meeting friends in the wild and guys and Uber pools and their natural habitat, um, <laughs> It's so funny how you make friends after college because in college you have everybody in the same place at the same time. You have you can go into the quad and all of a sudden there's a hundred people in your exact same age bracket who probably want to be your friend. Yeah, everyone's when, looking for friends at the same time. Too. And you're all in the same age, but when you're starting a career and you're moving to a new city and all of that, people are of all ages. They a lot of times already have friend groups or they're solidified in a certain stage in their life. And making friends is often harder. And you can find friends in your job, but like my brother's job, he works with a bunch of people in his in their 40s and 50s yeah everyone i worked so with is older too it's so it's harder to just be like oh hey you want to go hang after work and go to macy's it's like it's not and the person's like 45 and they're like i have to take care of my 10 year old child and you're like, oh right <laughs> Do they want to go to macy's <laughs> so it's definitely a different climate and one of my favorite stories that was not how i expected to make one of my very best friends is my friend josh and josh is a friend of mine who i met working as a scare actor for Universal Halloween Horror Nights, which is a whole other subject on its own that I'll come to on another episode. But Josh actually DM'd me because he had watched my YouTube videos and he was gonna be working, he was moving from Arizona and he was gonna be working at the Horror Nights event as well. And he sent me a DM and was like, hey, I'm moving from Arizona. I've always watched your videos and I loved your ones about like auditioning for Horror Nights. And I don't know anyone out here. I'm just moving from Arizona and I would love to sit with you at orientation tomorrow. So cute. If that's okay. And I was so like heart, like my heart was so warmed by that. And like, I was so flattered. I was like, oh my gosh, here's this guy who watches my videos and doesn't know anyone. And out of anybody, he wants to come and sit with me when I don't know anybody going into this. Josh is a Sierra stan. Yeah. Well, I was just like, I don't have any friends, but here's someone who's like, knows of me and wants to be my friend already and someone to sit with. And I was like, 
of course. So I messaged him back and I was like, yeah, like, here's my number. Let's text and we'll meet up before we go in. And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And then we texted and we like met before orientation and we like hugged each other. And he was like, hi, I'm Josh. I'm like, hi, I'm Sierra. And he's like, it's so nice to meet you. And I'm like, no, it's like so nice to meet you. And then we ended up sitting together at orientation. And because he's such like a vibrant person and I'm super like loud and bubbly as well, we ended up just sort of I don't know, people wanted to Egging sit each with other. us. <laughs> yeah, we just like, people wanted to sit with us because we were so chatty and like a lot of people didn't know anyone else. And we ended up by the end of that day having like a huge group of friends that all like had our lunch break together. And I am still three years later, like best friends with Josh and we hang out all the time. And it was so literally great. from a DM before an orientation for a scare actor performance event. So anyway, just things I didn't expect was uh, making a best friend in the wild in that way so definitely and i know we just talk down on dating apps but social media does play a funny role in like friendships and different relationships in general because that reminds me of a time when i was at a bar in dc and this guy comes up to me and he's like or i was leaving and he was standing right there and he just looks at me and he goes are you on youtube and i looked at him and we literally had a standoff for 10 seconds just staring at each other because i was like trying to assess i always thought i mean the people who watch my videos are generally female, not to generalize, but I just did. And um, he was just this guy, like this buff guy. And I was looking at him and I was like, is he stereotyping me as someone who looks like they film themselves like narcissistically or what? Like, does he or does watch this man actually watch was, my workout yeah, I was vlogs? so confused. And then I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> After 10 minutes of us staring at each other. And he goes, ah, oh, sick. Yeah, I just moved to D.C. And I looked up moving to D.C. videos and I found yours. And you're great. And I was like, oh, cool. Aww. We're going to CVS to buy candy. Do you want to come with us? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. And then yeah, I vlogged with him. His name's Alec. And then we stayed friends. We follow each other on Instagram. He sometimes, you know, responds to my stories. And um, that's that. And it's just funny how you meet people like that. Exactly. So that that's definitely something that I didn't expect is going from having surrounded by people my own age to like who always just want to make new friends and like to having to sort of find new ways to do it outside of college, especially if you go to a new city where you don't have all your old college or high school friends with you. So yeah. Um, Speaking of new cities, I always imagined, you know, moving to a city and getting your own apartment and having your own place all of the TV shows that you watch in high school of like Gossip Girl or Sex in the City or I don't know, name any show where some young adult who has like a very low paying job somehow has this glamorous, like amazing apartment. You always think it's a given when you're 16 that you're going to have things like a dishwasher <laughs> or things like laundry machines. But now I say those in the voice of SpongeBob, imagination, because yeah. it's just not realistic if you want to say Central air conditioning. Yeah, literally. That is something that I think is so funny that those are things, especially in the cities we live in, New York and LA, that aren't necessarily um, what you're going to get. So when I pictured my, you know, glamorous living on my own in New York City, I uh, didn't picture a 200 square foot apartment without any amenities, but I'm not complaining. I love it. You know, it's cozy. It's mine. And it is what it is. But I did you not have wood think it'd be floors, expensive to get so that's something. something. Yeah. Uh, I just definitely didn't expect that it would be, um, you know, that much of a percentage of your income to get a dishwasher. <laughs> I don't know. It just never was something that crossed my mind that like, exactly. okay, now I'm paying, I'm on my own, paying my own rent for things and I have to pick a place that if I want to have you know parking and if I want to have wood floors and I want to have it close to the city center then I have to forego 
you know, things like central air and a dishwasher. And I have old 1930s windows that aren't insulated. So it's uh, definitely something that you have to sort of adjust your expectations and you uh, definitely learn how to make do with some changes. That's for sure. Because at 16, you know, you're picturing walking down the streets and going to brunch with your friends in your 20s and all this excitement and independence. And in reality, you're not picturing you creeping down to the basement and pretending you're in a horror movie as you go to put your wash in the dryer every You week. say a small prayer every time you go to change yeah, your laundry over there's not a well, murderer in the basement this is today. It, folks. So speaking of affording apartments and jobs and finances, something I did not expect and would not have expected at 16 is that I would have had like three to five jobs at any, any given time. And I know there are some people that in their 20s are starting to get, in, get into careers where they have nine to fives and regular hours, but and benefits, from, who knew? benefits, <laughs> dental, vision. As someone who's pursuing a creative career like acting, I've always wanted to do TV and film and Broadway and stage and all that kind of stuff. And since I'm not making a full-time income at that yet. I book some cool gigs and that's great, but I'm not at the place yet where I'm doing that full-time. I have to make ends meet in other creative ways. So I work at Disney. I've also worked at Universal Studios. I work for a princess birthday party company where I do gigs as princesses. I also worked for two years being a server in a brewery. So it's just sort of like juggling all these jobs at once. And I've had to go directly from one job to another job on two hours of sleep. One time I went from working a Horror Nights gig as a super scary monster girl and then driving straight down to Disney. And I parked in the Disney parking lot and I slept in my car for two hours before. Are still in the makeup of like the ghost No, no, no. They take it all off. But I mean, imagine someone walked by your car you know the bags under my eyes pretty much gave that monster a run for her money so um but yeah i slept in my car for like two hours to get up for a 7:45 shift at disneyland when oh i had gotten God. off at 4 a.m the night before so i got up and i went to disney and i worked and by the end of it i was so like exhausted and delirious and then from that i had dinner plans with a friend who i hadn't seen in a month and i was like okay well i'm not going to cancel because schedules are schedules so i went straight to dinner we ended up splitting a picture of sangria i'd had two hours of sleep <laughs> over like 48 hours and i was just like whoa like who am i and what is this life of mine and then all of a sudden i get an audition at like 9 a.m the next morning and i'm just like of oh course my God. and you're doing it all again i feel like that's the pinnacle of your 20s is trying to have it all and trying to do all of these things and wanting you know to make money and have jobs and balance it with having fun and still like being responsible which is you know usually gets lost in the mix but it's definitely a interesting balance and then with all those jobs i had been working all at the same time i definitely did not expect that in my 20s i would all of a sudden lose all of them within the space of two days and that i would be unemployed we would be in the middle of a global pandemic and that our lives would be completely turned upside down so yeah 16 year old me would have been shook at that information <laughs> you know i feel like christy and i have always loved watching disaster movies especially if they star dwayne the rock johnson always but the movie contagion i used to i watched it in theaters and i remember thinking "Ooh, that's so scary because it's, it would there's a possibility happen. no oh, i think well. i thought it was scary because there's like oh there's a possibility that maybe that could happen someday but no we live in a safe perfect little bubble world <laughs> and that will never happen and then lo and behold here we are and the exact plot of contagion has happened just with a world. lower death rate luckily <laughs> thank goodness that's very important but, but it's yeah Things that you never expected. So that was pretty much what we wanted to talk about. Just a little uh, snippet of some stories of things that popped up in our lives 
and things that we've gone through that we definitely did not expect when we were thinking about and dreaming about and fantasizing of our perfect 20s of independence and fun and financial security and all that stuff that, you know, maybe doesn't pan out. But that is what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Everything from dating to, you know, the bad um, experiences with rats in your basement. I've never actually had that happen. Health insurance, taxes. (laughs) And next, we're going to do a little bit of get to know us, just in case you've never watched our YouTube videos, you don't know who the heck we are, you don't know anything about our friendship. Who's we're Sierra? Do a Who's bit Christy? Of, who are yeah. these people that keep talking in my ear? Exactly. And you will be hearing us talking in your ear every Tuesday. So the next section of this podcast is something that we call our Lemon of the Week. And it's something we're going to incorporate earlier on in the podcast um, on regular episodes. But this one, because it's an intro, get to know us teaser kind of a thing. It's a little bit different. Um, but the lemon of the week is something that has happened during our week, kind of like a low light or something that bummed us out, something that we screwed up on and regret it, or maybe something that happened that was out of our control. An embarrassing moment. An embarrassing moment. Yeah. Just anything that kind of was a downer or frustrating and that's a lemon. And sometimes, you know, there's a bright side and that's when we call making a lemonade. And can you make lemonade out of your lemon? Some weeks I think we'll make lemonade. Some weeks you can't and it's just a lemon and it sucks and it's sour. My lemon of the week has to do with the 4th of July. And I struggled with the 4th of July this year. And I think I felt very down and I've been feeling very discouraged about a lot of things happening in our country right now that have been really hurtful towards a lot of people, Um, a lot of injustice happening, a lot of tragedy, a lot of hopelessness in regards to a lot of different things. And It has not been a time that I have really felt like celebrating, but seeing other people celebrating like still made me feel left out. And I felt like you still had FOMO, even though you had this moral, like I didn't want to be celebrating, but I also missed it because I was looking back on that time hop app that I always share pictures of, of what happened seven years ago. I was looking back pictures of like Yumi and Sophie and Marissa in college, like at our 4th of July party when we made jello shots and made, you know, foam hats with the USSR and like just, you know, totally had so much fun celebrating and being carefree and I like look back on those days and I'm like, oh, I wish life was simpler. I miss those times. But also you kind of have to think of it, <laughs> the lemonade for this, is that you're learning so much more and those were things that you were kind of just like blindly like using it as an opportunity to party and stuff and not actually exactly. looking at the broader context and like the other maybe kind of bad things that we want to ignore about things or people or whatever that we celebrate normally. So I think you have to look at it as like, okay, this is a benchmark of growth and not everything in life is that like happy-go-lucky, positive, perfect thing. Like there are you know, negatives and kind of ugly sides to things that you learn more when you're older. And that's kind of just like, I mean, that's kind of depressing to say, but that's but part it's of getting good. older. It's something that if you don't have that, like, I feel like that is a, a lack of development that, you know, you should be having, like you should be gaining wisdom and knowledge and perspective as you get older. And that's something to be proud of because it's showing that you're becoming a worldly aware citizen. And I think that that's really important. Um, but it is kind of like, it's, you mourn a little bit for the loss of innocence in a way and and just a way that you miss the carefree days of youth. I don't know. I struggled with that a little bit. It was like a time that in the past has been happy for me that was not this year. But like you said, I guess the lemonade of that is growth and awareness and becoming... And being able to take steps to try and use your voice to do better in the future. I think that's what you can do 
with this. Yeah, and just to be a better, more aware person because ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is blinding, but they'll tell you that it's bliss. That was my lemon for this week, and I think it was a very educational lemon and uh, something that's very important for all of us to kind of realize if you had some weird feelings about the 4th of July this year, pass the lemon torch to you. The lemon torch. We are lighting a lemon on fire now this week. My lemon of the week is that I got rejected from a job that I was really excited about no. and really hopeful about. I know, oh, but that's just like... Un- you didn't tell me. I know because, well, first of all, I was like, it's not that Saving important. Saving it for the podcast. I don't know. I don't like to tell. That's something about me is I just don't tell people things a lot of the time until they're solid, until they're 100% because mm. I don't like the feeling of like, getting people's hopes up and then it not panning out because most of the time just in life like you're gonna throw things at the wall all the time and most of them won't stick like jobs like you know relationships like so many things and so I tried not to get so excited and caught up in this because you know there was a chance I wasn't gonna get it but it just seemed so perfect for me and what I wanted at the time um Mm. you know there's it's it's whatever it's there's some bright sides too like I am trying to find the lemonade of it because it was a little different than it was advertised I kind of forgotten that I applied to it because I applied like back in March and then they had pushed back their hiring stuff so it was a fellowship so it wasn't like a full salaried position but it was supposed to be part-time so it was going to be like a stipend but it was way more in line with what I studied and what I want to do and I was really excited about that it was like doing UN advocacy for women in peace processes which is right down my alley um but then in the interview they were like we actually wanted to be full-time but they couldn't pay a full-time salary so I was like uh, like I don't really want to I'm doing so many other things right now and like in the process like starting this podcast and going back to New York and figuring out other things like I really wasn't necessarily ready to jump back into something full-time right now so you know there's like blessings there's silver linings it's whatever and you just have to look at rejection as redirection I'm not necessarily someone who subscribes to everything happens for a reason which I know most people are so it's like an unpopular opinion but I do think that it's redirection in the sense that like it's not this predestined path that, you know, oh, well, now you're predestined to do something that's so much better, but you're redirected and you're forced to find something better for you and forced to make the most out of whatever path it takes you down. So I'm not that upset about it. I was kind of bummed at first, but again, like you pick yourself up and you go to the next thing and it's fine. And that's what's so so hard about positions like that is that so many people are so qualified and something that I run into with my acting jobs all the time. I may think I'm the perfect look, the perfect type. I've got the perfect training. Oh my gosh, she had this happen to her mom in the fifth grade. So did I. I'm (laughs) meant to play this role. And then you realize that there are another million handful of actresses who are just as qualified as you. And And you don't know as much, like you don't know as well of what's perfect as the people who are hiring do. So you have to keep that in mind. Like it's easy to see yourself there. I'm not going to go into like fate and destiny because I know you hate that shit but I'm gonna say I will say that it is redirection and that there's a job that you are meant for not necessarily on a predestined path but in some form or another that you will fall into that you will know it's right yeah exactly and also I don't know I'm in a much different place than I was in the beginning of quarantine like when I was kind of rapidly applying to all these jobs when I thought I'd be back in New York like two weeks from then because I came back to Oregon with my family and since then, like, I'm I'm just content right now. Like, I don't have that burning desire that I feel like I need to be in this very structured job doing X, Y, and Z. Like, I honestly feel fine. Like, I'm so excited starting this project and doing my own social media and doing my own freelancing stuff. I'm not heartbroken, basically. So, it's fine. 
Anyway, after we talk about our lemon of the week, every week we're going to talk about something that we're looking forward to in the next week called fingers crossed for next week. Something we're looking forward to, something that we're hopeful about, something that maybe we're not sure how it's going to go, but our fingers are fucking crossed that it's going to work out for the best. My fingers crossed for next week is, everyone, drum roll. Well, actually, we're pre-recording this, so it will already have happened, but I'm going back I'll to New York. I'll drum roll for you. Thank you. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. You're welcome. After a few months of being at home with my family, I'm finally going back to New York City and living in my apartment and living my life and like doing my own thing again and I'm just so looking forward to that and you know socially distanced being safe uh slowly seeing friends again in outdoor spaces and all that jazz but that is what I'm looking forward to and I'm freaking stoked so oh good well I'm fingers crossed that, that I don't get the virus on a plane I cheers I hope you don't and I hope that Everywhere you have to travel and go is distance and the plane is empty and <laughs> safe and all of that stuff. Yeah, but fingers are seriously crossed for that. Mine is kind of along the same lines as far as like living life, not flying anywhere, but um, I just am trying to have a full agenda this week. So this week I've got three picnics and a hair appointment and then as my agent just uh, texted me, I have an audition that I need to film later today. So it's just nice to feel like yes. I've got things on the calendar friends to looking see, up. places to go. Um, and again, taking all precautions, but I've just, you know, struggled with a lot of empty free time to like sit around and feel useful. Totally. So, I think um, we've all struggled with that at some point in the last few months. Quarantining, so. social distancing, all that jazz. Okay, so that was quite the intro. Sorry, we won't usually take that long to talk about like our lemons and this and that, but this is the first episode, so we wanted to give a little bit of backstory, a little bit of foundation for you guys leading up to what you can expect, what we're looking forward to in this podcast. And now we're getting to the meat and potatoes. I actually hate when people use that phrase, so I don't know really? why. Really? Oh, I, I think I think it's cute. Okay, this is a perfect segue because <laughs> Sierra. Okay. The meat so and potatoes, the corn on the cup. We're going to get into the gravy and grit. So the first thing that we're going to start with is we both wrote three things that we don't think most people know about the other person. So this will be interesting. I'm going to start with something about Sierra that if you know her in person, you probably know this, but that was a perfect segue talking about meat and potatoes because Sierra is literally the human Ned Flanders. When I say that, I mean, she has the strangest phrases, the strangest way of speaking sometimes that is just like, you stop and you're like, are you from the 17th century? <laughs> <laughs> like, one thing we always tease her on is that she legitimately uses the word happenstance in a sentence. It's a great word. It, it makes perfect sense when something happens by chance. It's by, by happenstance. happenstance. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a wombo, a word combo. You know, you just put it together and it makes sense. Especially like when you first meet people, I feel like you're so polished in a sense where you will use like, I don't know, just words that sound old fashioned to most people. Yeah, it's something that I've started having to do for some of my jobs that uh, definitely stuck around, shall mm -hmm. we say. Um, <laughs> Keep it vague. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to Christy now. And this is something that her close friends know about her. And maybe it slipped into a few YouTube videos. But Christy calls everything and everyone sir. It's just something that she does. Like, it's just a habit that I don't know where it came from. 
but Honestly. she will if she bumps into a picture frame she will turn to the picture frame and go sir <laughs> and if she trips over a rock on a hike she'll look at the rock and go sir excuse me sir <laughs> and, and when she, objects when she's driving if someone beeps at her cuts her off she'll go sir and it will rub off on you if you spend enough time around christy like sophie and i were talking about this the other day we say sir to everything like and I, we both got it from you that like anytime driving someone does something, I'm like, sir, excuse like, even me, when you sir. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, again, if I like uh, stub my toe, I'll just yell, sir, like as I'm angry at my toe. I it's think just, that just illustrates the whole idea that you are a combination of your five closest friends. Like you are yeah. who you spend the most time with and those things rub off on you. Like, oh, you and bet your bottom dollar that I started saying tiddly wittily in happenstance whenever the fuck I met Sierra. Like it just rubs off on you, especially- like the way people speak and phrases it, that yeah, they use. I feel like I it is. no idea where I picked up sir, but I've been saying that since college and beyond. It is definitely a problem. Okay, one of my other favorite fun facts about Sierra is, like, this is just to illustrate you as a character of a person, is Sierra Green is the only person that I think I know that has the ability to ride a unicycle. She literally went to circus camp. And I don't even know everything that you learned there, but you ride a unicycle. What else did you learn at circus camp? Oh, everything. Juggling, magic tricks, stilt walking, tumbling, clownery. How to jump through like a a fire hoop We didn't do fire because we were (laughs) elementary school and middle school students. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if you did though. Like, I wouldn't but, be surprised I mean, did, if you like, could tame a lion and just, like, make it jump through a fire hoop. But we did, camp. like, <laughs> we did, other than, you know, wild animals and fire, we did pretty much everything else and uh, a lot of different tricks and, like, jumping through hoops and doing somersaults and, like, all that stuff. And the unicycle one stuck. I, I don't really do well with juggling anymore because I didn't practice it. But uh, I have a unicycle. I used it for my uh, bachelor audition video. It, which oh, is my God, cool. I forgot about that. Yeah, my bachelor audition video. That's uh, something. Unfortunately, she was not cast, but she would have unicycled right into Colton Underwood's heart. (laughs) I'm convinced that they lost my tape in the mail because there's no way that if they received it, that I wouldn't have been cast. Imagine you rolling up to the mansion on a unicycle. Has anyone ever done that? I absolutely would have. No. And anyway, they're lost. It would have been a meme for generations to come. But, you know, had I gone on that season, I would have never done Horror Nights the year I met Jason and I never would have met him. So, yeah. Fate works works in mysterious ways. It does. Yeah, moving on. So something else fun about Christy, um, and you may know this, um, it's kind of like a basic fact, but um, Christy is more than anyone else I know is someone who will choose adventure over self-preservation, like any day. Like, and I hope that doesn't paint you in a bad light in your mind. No, honestly, what is self-preservation? Like, I honestly question myself sometimes. I'm like, do I have a healthy amount of self-preservation in my brain? I think you don't. No, I think that you would be the person that would like completely cover yourself in house paint, not even thinking about the fact that like there are fumes involved with paint. Or if like, someone dared me to, I think I would probably do it. Yeah, or just like doing the now and not thinking about the later. And that's what makes Christy such an amazing friend. Of like, out of all my friends, I wanted to think of one person to be like, "Hey, do you want to drive to Mexico right now?" Like she would say yes, and we would like yeah. be in the we'd be on the car and on the road faster than anyone else would have the time to like think about it basically i'm a down bitch to my own detriment and it'll probably kill me one day but you would be the kind of person that people would say you know live fast die hard (laughs) die hard (laughs) i don't know (laughs) to the point where it's a little concerning sometimes and we all in our friend group worry about your well-being from time to time 
But I'm but still here, bitch. Can't get rid of you. You will also easily. be the person that will have the most wild and insane life stories and could write a book. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's my fact. Amazing. And the last thing you might not know about Sierra that I actually don't think I knew until we went to Mexico together because she is very fluent in Spanish is that she lived in the Dominican Republic for three whole months. She spent a summer living with a family there, learning the language, teaching, and um, it rubbed off because she's still very fluent in Spanish. And I had no idea until we got in the cab and she was like, Cuanto cuesta para vivir a casa? <laughs> that was completely wrong. <laughs> How Meanwhile, much does it cost to live <laughs> in my house? Way more than it should, that's for sure. Ask your taxi driver, how much does it cost? <laughs> so that is the prime example of my very rusty high school Spanish versus Sierra's I was immersed in it for a whole summer Spanish. But yeah, if you would like to explain a little more of what your whole experience there was about, because I don't well, know as well as you do. Thank you for those very, it's kind very impressive words. Um, I did a, yes, I did a program when I was 16 called Amigos de las Americas, and it is a program that's a Spanish immersion. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about why I said how much does it cost, <laughs> cost to live in your yeah. house. Okay, go on. Uh, you know, too much. The rent is too damn high. <laughs> yeah, I did a program called Amigos de las Americas, and it's a Spanish immersion program where you train for a year um, and you learn things about teaching. We taught all different types of summer camp, but we were instructed and taught and learned all these things. And then you go and are assigned a country anywhere from central, like Mexico, Central America, um, Guatemala, Costa Rica, to South America, including uh, Peru and Chile, and then also um, the Dominican Republic, which is where I got assigned. And I was there for three months and I lived with a host family, like Christy said, and uh Definitely, I knew a lot of Spanish going into it, but there's nothing like full Spanish immersion where yeah. nobody else speaks English, where you have to survive by speaking Spanish, because if you don't learn, you don't get your needs met and you don't communicate. And you so. don't know how much your house costs. <laughs> exactly. So, it, Did um, you dream in Spanish? I had some times where I did, and I remember that my first three weeks were really rough because um, I knew like high school Spanish and also from a Spanish teacher that grew up in Spain. And Spain Spanish is very, very different than Dominican Spanish. The colloquialisms and dialect are so different. And I had a really hard time understanding because I had learned to hear and understand Spain Spanish. So my first three weeks, I struggled to understand anyone. I struggled to speak. I struggled to be understood. And then I remember I sort of had this light bulb click on where I finally just started getting it. And then I was able to speak with everybody. And summer camp was going better because, you know, I was, the kids were understanding me better. And it was, uh, it was more natural yeah. probably at that yeah. point. But it definitely was an experience that changed my life. And I, personally think again we always say this hindsight is 2020 i think 16 was a little young for me to do it because i sp spent a lot of time feeling really homesick and i do think it helped shape me and i grew up a lot from it but i think i probably would have had a more grounded foundation had i waited a couple years and done it like when i was 18 or something but uh i was just gonna say i think it's really impressive that you did it in high school and i think it's great because that is such a growing opportunity because like when i was when i first traveled when i was in middle school i didn't want to go at all i was so i just wanted to stay home and hang out with my friends and i was like this is a waste of time because that's such a small worldview but it's not until you're pushed into that and forced mm -hmm. into an environment that's unfamiliar that you really learn and that's when i was like wow this is amazing i've been missing out now i want to travel everywhere and learn from every place that I can. So I think it's really cool that you were able to, and yeah, it was hard, but nothing good comes from anything that's easy because that's just your comfort zone. That's true. I fought tarantulas. I... <laughs> 
Um, I have so many good stories. What I, about the flood? Wasn't there a flooding day? Yeah, there you was were, a like, time we had a monsoon, and I had to, uh, me and my partner who was in my community with me, we had to hitchhike on the back of a corn truck that was full of corn cobs <laughs> because the monsoon was up to our, like, upper thighs on oh the road gosh. because we were walking a mile back to our community from, like, a trip we had done we had done like gone to the town to like get groceries or something but we were walking a mile back and we got caught in a monsoon so we hitchhiked on the back of a corn truck and the guy who was driving the corn truck didn't speak spanish because a lot of people in the dominican republic speak haitian creole because mm-hmm. it's right on the border of haiti right. and that's where my community was was really close to haiti so we couldn't communicate he didn't speak spanish we didn't speak haitian creole so we had to like mime our way into asking for a ride on the back of the truck and he said that there was no room like there was like no room in the cabin so in the pouring rain we climbed in our skirts we were wearing skirts that day onto the back of a pile of slippery corn cobs that was literally like piled this sounds like something i'm making up it but i'm absolutely like a episode we were climbing like and the corn cobs were piled like in a mound above the bed of the truck so it wasn't no convenient seats or benches made of corn so we're like climbing on the back of the corn like trying not to let the corn cobs spill out of the back of the truck we like kind of lodge our legs into the corn cobs so that we like because it's gonna drive and it's like driving through water it's like a duck boat like going through the water up the road to our village we're like holding on for dear life to these corn cobs as we like try and get back into our village and it was just like we looked at each other and we were just like this is an experience that we will never have again like what in the actual world literally those are the um, best stories to look back on yeah so definitely something that you didn't know about me and my last fact about christy before we move on to the next segment is that christy grew up in a very small town in my state oregon we both are from oregon and we had no idea until we both moved in together and it wasn't until like we became friends or started talking or I don't even know how the no, conversation came No, I feel like we up, found but... out because of our parents. Like, our parents both moved us into the house and then we were, they were, like, talking about Oh, that must have been it. From. But it was yeah. not even something that we discussed before we decided to live together or yeah, anything. No. But um, she, I, I had vacationed there as a child. It's a small town on the Oregon coast with, like... A big rock. M- well, like, less than 2,000 people, right? As yeah. a population. Yeah, it's a, a small, small town that I had vacationed there. I never even thought about the fact that people lived there year-round. I thought it was just a vacation town. And, uh, because, yeah, I'm from Portland. So I found that out. And I thought that was such a small world fact that, like, not Mm -hmm. only was she from my state and we went to an out-of-state college, but she was from a small town that I had, like, vacationed in as a kid and had no idea she was there all along. So now, moving on with the unknown history of Christy and Sierra, we're going to go to some fun questions that we wrote that are things that... You may know, we don't know. We're asking these questions for the first time. I'm going to answer them about Christy, and she's going to answer them about me, and we're going to see if we're right. So It's pretty I'm- much the newlywed game, except we are not wed, and we're best friends answering And we're on not, FaceTime. definitely not new. The buses are nasty. <laughs> The buses, buses are, are filthy. The buses are not new. Um, and neither is our friendship. So here we go. All right. Asking questions. Where would she have gone to college if not Chapman? So I feel like you were... I don't know. I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I feel like you were... Okay, I think Chapman was your number one choice, but I feel like you were looking at LMU or staying in Oregon and going to U of O. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, Um, (laughs) I was so uh, nervous that I was going to get there. Well, those were the only... I only applied... I applied to five schools, and I got into three. Um, Granted, I really didn't try as hard on the application as I would have needed to to get into the other two I got rejected from, which was USC and Northwestern. So hindsight is twenty twenty, man. You know, I eighteen I really year olds making those decisions. I didn't decisions. even know what I wanted to do. I applied to USC 
and Northwestern for journalism, and then I applied to LMU and Chapman for vocal performance, and then I applied to U of O for journalism. So I, I mean, I was all over the place. Yeah. And I As sent we an audition. Were then. I sent an audition tapes to USC, or I mean to LMU and Chapman, and I got in there. And then LMU gave me a teeny tiny scholarship financially, and Chapman gave me a big one, and that decided it for me. Easy choices. Nice. Easy choices. Good. So uh, yeah, makes me feel good about knowing that. Yeah, it was exciting. I feel like for you, you applied a lot of places, right? I feel Eleven. Like you're one of those people. Eleven. Okay, yeah, you're one of those kids. Um, That's because, again, I throw so much shit at the wall and just figure out what sticks. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't changed. I'm trying to think what else you got into. Were you considering going to the East Coast? I feel like you were. No. Well, my dream school from the age of, like, whenever the Cinderella story came out was Princeton. Princeton. And I was so dead set on that. I mean, in my youth. Like, I I interviewed with them, and I that's the only school I applied to, but I knew that I wasn't going to get in. But also, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, maybe I'm the 1% chosen person that's going to get accepted. No, didn't happen. But that wasn't actually a serious consideration for me. But everything else was in California. Oh, okay. Um, Berkeley? I did apply to Berkeley and I did not get in, but that wasn't even in my top three. Um, I, I can't answer. I don't know. You don't know? Okay. My number one choice, I thought I would die if I didn't go there, was USC. And okay. I got rejected. But... Dude, that's right. We both we both bonded. Yeah. After, uh, we both bonded. After we but got rejected from USC. That's not even the actual answer to the question because after that, I got into UCLA, and then I was like, "Well, fuck USC. I'm gonna go to their rival." And then I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll go to UCLA." And then I actually toured them, and I was like, being realistic, I would be so much happier at Chapman, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was smaller, and it just felt more welcoming, and I got way more scholarship money, like you said. Yeah. So that Chapman's is that very way. generous with their scholarship money. Yeah, they're is... like, please go here, please. If she were a cartoon character, what would her signature outfit be? Okay. Is that like you right now or you in college when I knew you? Honestly, I kind of thought of it when I was writing this question as not just something that she wears all the time, but just like an outfit that encapsulates her personality. Like, you want me to go first? Because I know what yours is. Sure, sure. Okay, I feel like you as a cartoon character would wear that white off the shoulder, short sleeve, like frilly top, and mm-hmm. some pair of colorful shorts, like either like light pink shorts or like color block shorts or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be your cartoon character outfit. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe with some kind of like sparkly headband or like braids or something, you know. Something girly. I pretty much just picture you in black athletic wear. <laughs> That's literally what I wear like 90% of the time. Like black athletic wear and tennis shoes that's pretty much just like athletic wear and a nonchalant attitude yeah. about life i was thinking oh, it would probably be and all those black. hoop earrings that i've seen you wear every day for the last 20 years so. yep there you go um yeah that pretty much sums it up i feel like that definitely contrast illuminates the difference in personalities of us like so here's the like flouncy frilly colorful happy bright colors and i'm the i'm wearing all black at all times don't talk to me <laughs> who would play her in a movie I kind of feel like, okay, first of all, I don't know what the hell you're going to say for me because I have no idea who would play me in a movie. But for you, I don't know. You have a lot of celebrity lookalikes. Um, if you guys don't know what Sierra looks like, at Sierra Michelle Green on Instagram to follow along. <laughs> look at my face. <laughs> um, you definitely look like Lana Del Rey, but she's not an actress. And you look like, I feel like you'd be like a Zoe Deschanel character. But yeah. temperament wise and just like how you carry yourself, I feel like Emma Watson would play you. 
Oh, that's very respectful. Thanks. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's such an honor. Yeah, I can see that. She definitely would say happenstance. Yeah. Who would play Christy in a movie? I was thinking some short, sassy blonde, but maybe Chloe Grace Moritz could play you? Oh, I, I don't hate that. Like, I, I like feel her. Like I could kind of see it. She's just kind of like, whatever. Mm-hmm. She does play like the sassy like she's roles. not like a like an ingenue traditionally like a girl next door she's more of like your fun cute spunky like, like her and kick ass yeah kick-ass? like like just like yeah. i feel like that's kind of more the vibe of you like i could picture her wearing all black athletic wear and just being like don't tell me what to do <laughs> <laughs> what does her harry potter house and what character would she be i wrote this specifically for sierra because she Did loves harry really? potter so much yeah i do really like harry potter i um, do too but i'm not like Harry Potter person. I do love it though. I know this because we took the Pottermore test together. So yeah, I know we, we probably took it because you forced me at my hand on the computer. Yeah, of course it. I did. Um, <laughs> but your Pottermore was Gryffindor. But mm-hmm. I think that you're part Gryffindor, part Slytherin, personally. What? Bitch, yeah. no one wants to be Slytherin. I mean, I do it, enjoy being evil at some It's point. not just about being evil, but it's I don't also even know their about core values. <laughs> being determined and ambitious and seizing opportunity there's there's a lot okay. more about so it sometimes it gets a bad rap because Malfoy. they're they're taken as people who are selfish but i think that your slytherin like qualities are that you are loyal to your close friends and your your circle you are super loyal but you are less so the type to go out of your way to make chit chat with strangers. Your bravery and adventurousness and not necessarily thinking of the consequences, but just going for what's right or going for what you need to do, that's a Gryffindor trait for sure. So nice. um Okay. That's where I see I'll you. take it. Yeah. I didn't know that about Slytherin, but I definitely feel like I'm a Gryffindor. But again, then again, I, I also do, do so much more research on yeah. Harry Potter personalities <laughs> exactly. than you do. So Sierra's a hardcore, diehard Hufflepuff. Again, you could probably describe it better than me, but it's all about caring and spreading Joy and loving people. Well, they're not Cabbage Patch children, Christy. I mean, it's a... If they were, you have them in your collection. (laughs) It's more complex than that. But it's about caring for all people, not just your type of people. And, like, going out of your way to be inclusive and compassionate. Well said. I think that describes you well. I feel like I'm just, like, saying nice things about myself to, like, justify (laughs) that I'm a Hufflepuff. But, like, I do very... I think I have little bits of all of the houses in me but everyone probably so does. so does everybody yeah so nice as far as the character you'd be i definitely think you would be um hermione like i said emma watson would play you i see a lot of similarities with you and emma watson apparently so well and that's like her gryffindor side i definitely do relate to i don't know hermione is very proud yeah I, I see you as a combination of hermione and luna lovegood <laughs> who's a ravenclaw but yeah <laughs> Just a little bit spacey, a little bit weird. Yeah, that's... In the yeah. most endearing way. What would you say my character would be? Probably Snape. You don't even know that he's good until the last, like, two minutes of his life. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you know who you are? You're freaking Fred and George Weasley. That's Oh, who you my are. God, yes. The, with the, jo- the practical joke shop, flying off on brooms, cutting class, being ridiculous, going on Losing an adventures. ear accidentally. Well, that wasn't yeah. accidentally. Wasn't that in the battle or something? Yeah, he lost an ear. But, like, just being like silly and reckless but everyone's best friend and they all think you're hilarious so oh okay i like that yeah answer. definitely friend george weasley okay to wrap it up describe <laughs> our friendship in one word and mine would just be k 
chaotic. Are you joking me? I was just about to say chaos. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes sense. That's like perfect. it doesn't make any sense, but at the same time, it perfectly it makes perfect sense. Chaos. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, the hilarious. We're just chaos. Wow. We should have done a one, two, three. That would have been hilarious because I guarantee we would have said the same thing. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. We had so much fun recording this. So thank you so much for listening and for being a part of this. We would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast and give us a five star rating and be sure to tell everybody about this podcast. I want you to tell your mom, your dad, your friends, your siblings, and your, your neighbor's dog walker, your person who comes comes to trim your hedges just a guy in your uber pool please tell everybody about this podcast and say hello my name is nika montoya sierra and christy have a new podcast prepare to die (laughs) but do not die until you subscribe and share with your friends and listen to their podcast thank you very much and rate us five stars exactly (laughs) like we're your favorite uber driver we're talking anyway we also have an instagram for our podcast at fingers crossed pod And that's where we're going to be asking you guys for your stories, your questions, your advice, so we can all share our experiences together. And we want to make it just like a group. I don't want to say group project. That sounds awful. A group project (laughs) where no one pulls their weight. We want to make this as inclusive and just interactive as possible. So we'd love if you guys would follow us there and get involved and send us your stories, DM us. And if you're listening, take a screenshot right now, post it on your Instagram story and tag us at fingers crossed pod. You can also follow us individually at Christy Vetter and at Sierra Michelle Green on Instagram if you want to keep up. And we are so excited for everything to come. So thanks so much for listening and for being here. We love you guys and thank you so much for your support. So be sure to keep your fingers crossed and we'll see you next week. Bye.